Hi guys, thanks for joining us again today on another Team LRF podcast. Today I'm joined by PCA judge and posing expert Emma Summers. Emma, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks Rob. I'm good, how are you? Yeah, very well, very well, very well, thank you. Um, Emma, excited for the season? Soon, Extremely, soon. Yeah. so excited. Possibly more excited than I was for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was saying to somebody the other day, like when you're involved in the season, it seems like such a long season and then when there's no shows, you're like, oh, Seems like like seems like we haven't had one for ages now. So um, yeah, you're you're right. It's um you wonder how much work you can fit into such a a short day when uh, when the shows aren't on. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So for Emma, for those who don't know you, just give us a bit of background about yourself, your competing history, and your um your, your introduction or introduction into judging as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so my background is actually nothing to do with bodybuilding. I was a, a fresh starter about seven or eight years ago into even a gym I, my background is gymnastics I was a gymnast uh, to a British squad level um, loved sort of any kind of sport really from a, a competitive point of view team sports also individual sports um, never trained in a gym but of, of course as a gymnast you can imagine a, to some some level of a degree of, of uh, working out and uh, but it was more body weight sort of working so lifting weights and stuff was completely alien to me um started in the gym as I said about seven or eight years ago um liked it um but I kind of didn't feel like I was going anywhere I just I didn't want to just do it for the sake of working out and looking good I've, I've got that competitive drive in me um so slowly sort of led down the path of, of competitive bodybuilding and uh the rest is history um <laughs> Competed MPA, started off with them. I've competed with NABA over the years uh, a few times. And then more lately with uh, my later, latter competitions of my career was with PCA. Um, and then obviously that developed into the into the judging. Was you, was you always involved in figure, Emma? Was you doing bikini or did you think about doing bikini? I wish I could say I could have done bikini, but my shape is just not a bikini girl. <laughs> um, I love doing the posing with the bikini girls. It's great. I think because I'm a figure girl, it's nice to have that, that little bit of difference as well. Um, create some sort of flavor with their poses. Um, but no, my shape, I'm very broad in my shoulders, very stocky up top. Uh, calves are absolutely enormous, which is not what you want for bikini. <laughs> so no, the complete opposite for bikini, sadly, but I would have loved to, would have loved to. Okay, so always involved in figure, which is great. You know, it's a, it's still one of them classes which, um, which is still ever growing as well. Just like obviously, everyone always talks about bikinis growing, bikinis growing, but figure is still a, a very popular class as well, and it's still ever growing as well. So that's great. Yeah. Massively, I mean, last year, uh, you know, we've all struggled with the COVID situation. It was such an explosive year considering what we've all been through, um, and we were blown away by even the. The train bikini, the train bikini, trained figure girls. Mm. There were so many of them. And we, we, it was completely unexpected, but it was really, really great to see. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as you've said, the bikini, you would assume more athletes involved in that. But it's, yeah, it's really great, really positive to see the figure girls still up there too. Yeah, awesome. And obviously, you started your uh, competing career off and then you have now sort of gone into judging. Was that always like sort of a pathway that you thought of that, oh, okay, I want to do this? Or was it just sort of, did it just sort of naturally happen? Yeah, completely naturally, actually. Um, never thought about uh, judging. 
my last competition I did was the uh, PCA World Championships back in 2018. Um, and I think it was the British finals a week or two before that, actually. My husband was in the audience and um, Ryan had mentioned something on the mic about, you know, if you want to judge, feel free to contact us. Obviously, me being on stage, I didn't hear it. He did. Um, and I knew going into that last season, that was going to be my last push. Um, possibly not forever, but for a particularly long time anyway. Um, so he said, how about this? Because I love the industry enormously. I didn't want to completely remove myself. Um, from a competitive point of view, it had to come to an end, but it was really nice that that sort of naturally went into the judging. Uh, so spoke to Ryan and, uh, and here we are. Yeah, awesome. Like, I don't think many people know about that your competitive history and that you were reasonably successful, more than reasonably successful to be honest, as, as a competitor, um, because obviously the industry moves so fast. People, like, people don't realize that 2018 wasn't that long ago. And especially with COVID, there's, not actually, there's been a lot of shows since then, but there's not been a lot of, for example, British champions since then. And there's, and that, that might even have been the last universe. I think, was, it, was that the last universe? It was the last World Championships, yeah, yeah. So the first universe is, is, is this year, but yeah, the last World Championships, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I don't think people actually realise that you was, you know, relatively successful, as I said, beyond relatively successful as a competitor, because they see you now as, as Emma the judge. So it's great to know that, you know, you, you've walked and walked that road and you've, you've followed this, well, they're going to follow the same footsteps of you as going on stage and stuff like that. So it is awesome. Um, um, but putting your, putting your judge's head on now and just thinking about sort of as a judge, you know, There'll be a lot of first-timers who listen to the show, a lot of uh, girls and guys who are thinking about competing with the PCA and, or, or who have competed with the PCA before. As a judge, is there something that really stands out for you like when somebody first competes or when they first go on stage? Um, I think it's, it's an objective sport, an objective uh, judging um, system. Um, my, when, when the athletes first come out on stage for me, male and female, um, similar to really when I'm coaching them separately from judging in opposing um, environment, um, I try and teach my um, opposing athletes to, and even uh, athletes that I don't pose with, people that ask for feedback, um, Always try and remember that, um, try and allow your physique to jump out as a whole. Uh, I remember I was taught that once um, by an old friend. Um, try not to let anything individual sort of jump out. Um, you want the whole of your physique to come at me as a whole. And I think when I then put my judge's hat on, that's what my instinct is drawing me towards. It's their physique as a whole, um, you know, their, their aura um, jumping out at me when they, when they first come out. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, you know, because when, when I look at a physique, especially from a, an audience standpoint, like a lot of people look at strong body parts. Oh, you've got strong shoulders or you've got strong legs. I think an experience I actually tends to look for the, the lowest amount of weak points rather than, mm -hmm. oh, you've got the strongest this or you've got the strongest that. Because like you say, sometimes like one body part can stand out, but it also might take away them from the, from the other parts of the body. So yeah, I think from from experience, I for somebody who has done it for a while, I always when I look at people, when I look at things on stage, I think, well, who's got the the small like the lowest amount of weaknesses, rather than oh, who's got the best X or the best Y, who's got the best presentation or who's got the best physique, who's got the smallest amount of weaknesses. I always look at that and try and think that. Would, would, is is that something that you would maybe just try and summarize that as is, is looking at that and looking for that? Yeah. So there will be a, an element of once that sort of 
um, first uh, assessment has been made about who's jumping out as me as a whole, then it has to, you know, your, your judging really gets challenged because now you have to really pick apart the, more of the intricacies. Um, so then, yeah, that's that's we would go down that path then about muscularity, condition, and and make those comparisons. That's why we move people around on stage because you know we want to make sure we've got the right decision, we've got the people that stood next to each other uh, in the right positions to make those intricate comparisons. Um, so yeah yeah and, and you speak about things like level of muscularity condition obviously there are a couple of bikini classes and there are uh, like three figure classes and obviously we've now got the introduction of the wellness class as well i know the uh, the criteria is online it is available for people to read but could you just break down the classes for us just so people again who maybe haven't been to a show and who might be competing in their first show just understand it a little bit better Sure. Um, so similarly to uh, touching on what I said before about my frame, and I would have loved to be a bikini athlete. Sometimes that can be an element, um, your natural framework, not muscle, but framework, you know, broad shoulders, um, small waist. Uh, uh, this goes for all categories, um, you know, um, uh, more uh, breadth through the lats, perhaps. Um, sometimes that's not genetic. You may have a larger rib, uh, rib frame. Um, sometimes genetics is, a, is an element. Um, it was for me, which is why I've never done bikini. Um, but then muscularity, you know, natural growth, natural progression. Some of the girls feel that they have to start in bikini and then move to bigger. But we try and avoid the comparison of the two categories. Um, you know, framework, I would say, is, is more the, what needs to be um, looked upon from, from categories. Uh, if you're able to do one or the other but muscularity you can quite easily pass through back and forth um some of the girls like starting bikini and then feeling it's a progression to go to figure but you know some of the bikini trained girls are absolutely phenomenal <laughs> um and it's hard work getting to that position so having the comparison of the two should be always re remains uh, separate in, in my opinion um yeah from so from bikini for sort of new first timers so bit of information about that bikini uh, we want to see a nice toned physique um with a, a reasonable amount of uh, of condition to display that that uh, that physique uh trained bikini uh, a trained physique rather than a toned physique again in this sort of similar areas shoulders glutes um smaller small waist uh, as it as it is with most categories even the boys uh figure toned again it's just that's what it says on the tin really we want to see a nice toned um uh, shape to the physique uh, with again similar to the the bikini toned uh, with a sort of a softened sort of approach with the condition uh, athletic figure more of an athletic physique so the muscularity improves there from or greatens there not improves but from the from the toned figure but more condition um, and then even more so with the trained figure girls the the jump up in muscularity is again uh, very obvious very significant um, with even more condition uh, attached to it and and if somebody sits on the fence Emma and they're like I don't know or maybe I sit in the middle of a class what would you recommend yeah it's tough somebody uh one of my posing girls her, her coach contacted me the other day about this um we had a girl last year compete with us um who was on the fence she's competed with bikini trained and athletic figure uh, she did both last year. She did really successfully in both. Um, but it, 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 sometimes you have to be on stage to realize comparing, to yourself, comparing yourself to the other athletes where you where you're drawn more um, from, a, from a, a, you know, the, the, the eye from the judges. Um, 
uh, this is the advice that I gave to the person that reached out to me last week. Uh, sometimes you just have to step on the stage. You, you have to sort of let go of that possibility of perhaps winning one competition. You might play second because your physique's probably still really good. Um, but sometimes you just have to play it by ear. Um, there's a lot of girls that are on that on that spectrum, um, it, which is great because that means they've got a really good physique. It's just about trying to figure out where they where they need to go. Um, but don't take it as a as a disadvantage. It's a it's a great thing to to to, to an advantage to have. Um, but yeah, just 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 see where you are actually on the stage, and and then that feedback will perhaps push you in the in the in the avenue that you uh, that you prefer. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice actually, because you you see a lot of individuals who on their own look fantastic, and then when they get in a lineup, sometimes they get a little bit lost, and and vice versa as well. You see sometimes people. Who stand there on their own and you think, oh, they look okay. And then when they go into a lineup, you're like, wow, where did this person come from? And you see that quite a lot. So that's a really good bit of advice. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So from from somebody, Emma, who who is not only you know a fantastic judge, but also a fantastic posing coach as well. When when people come to you for posing lessons and posing advice, what are some of the common elements and mistakes that you potentially pick up on, like almost off the bat? Um, yeah, so my, uh, aside from posing and bodybuilding, I've, I've been uh, involved in the rehab industry for 13, 14 years, <laughs> without giving away my age, uh, this year it'll be 14 years. Um, I teach Pilates, so I've worked with physios, chiropractors, the, all of it uh, for, for a long time, and I'm a stickler for posture, and I'm a stickler for muscular activation. So when I, obviously my gymnastics background as well, I, I coached gymnastics for quite some time also on the back of my gymnastics career um, and there's interesting overlaps with all of them actually um, it's posture it's technique it's making sure the muscles are activating correctly so when I approach my posing in the posing coach environment with the girls I very much apply my knowledge um, from my uh, background with Pilates to the posing um, flexibility, posture. A lot of the girls, most of the time, I'm, I'm correcting the posture, I'm remolding them, so to speak. If your posture is good, posing is easy, so easy. Um, I mean, I teach Pilates every day in my life. It's my job. My flexibility is of a, of a level where the posing comes easily to me. So if I'm something to go by, do Pilates every day. That wasn't a sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think. Again, I think until, just like we said about uh, like the classes, until you stand in a lineup, you don't know. Until you try and pose, I don't think people realise like how hard it is to, to, for example, to switch your lats on. Like, you know, when people say, you know, just switch your lats on. And some people think, what, oh my God, like, what are you talking about? Like, and then when you try and do it, like it's always really difficult. So like you say, that connection to the muscle is, is, is really, really important for sure. Yeah, no, so, yeah. yeah. so in terms of in terms of a pose in a, um, a client comes to you as a pose in, when they when they come to you as a posing client, would you do like an initial assessment with them and then give them a little bit of homework and stuff like that? Absolutely, yeah. I, I approach it very systematically in just the same way that I do with my Pilates clients. Um, you know, I assess their posture. We'll run through the poses. Some of them have perhaps practiced some before. Some of them have had other posing coaches before, which is great. Um, I'm, I'm all for sort of creating lots of diversity. Everybody can add an element of difference from from another. 
Um, we'll go through where they're at, find uh, you know what's late, the what start, what's the starting point. Um, but I'm looking at the posture massively. It's just instinctive for me because of my job. Um, so yeah, definitely homework <laughs> in the nicest way possible. I mostly set them homework, but it's it stretches. It's 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 mobility work. It's not you know go away and practice a cartwheel here and there. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's stretching, which again you know. I, I do say to the girls, take bodybuilding out of the equation. It's good for you to do this anyway. Um, so, you know, there's a, it's a, a, a bonus, a double bonus, so to speak. Yeah. And, and again, for, for first timers, which is, again is, is a huge market these days, how, how soon would you practice posing if you decide to do a show? If you're going to say I'm 15 weeks out, when, when would you start? I'm classic example. Uh, thought I was, you know, dancing background, gymnastics background. Oh, I don't need to practice it. And if I look back on my photos, in fact, no, I tell a lie. I don't look back on my photos from my first competition. Um, you know, we've all got to start somewhere. I'm sure all the other posing coaches say the same thing. Um, you learn. Um, your background then depicts the level of, of, of how good you become, perhaps. Um, but I was, I, I thought I was, you know, the beast knees oh I didn't need to practice it I'm going to be really good um now I look back that you know complete opposite um it's like anything if I was to ask you to learn how to do a cartwheel tomorrow Rob would you be able to do it <laughs> that's the big I question could, I could do a roly-poly is that right a roly-poly that's not bad that's not bad <laughs> but you, know, you wouldn't you wouldn't leave it till the last minute to practice it it's the same thing it's like doing your homework at school although I wasn't pretty good at doing that with a lot of time either um, you know, the, the earlier you start, the, the better it is. Um, some of my girls, they're not competing until September this year, but they came to me at July last year. So the situation that they're in now is they've got their flexibility in check, their posture's improved, everything's where it needs to be. Now the, the gas can sort of pedal can sort of calm down a little bit and they can really focus on their prep leading into their competition so you've got um so much to think about as you know leading into a competition already if you've got that posing not in the in, in the forefront of your mind but in the back and it's just natural then it, it does make life easier no for sure for sure for sure and one of, one of the things i always explain in terms of a posing aspect is say for example your physique is a 10 and your posing is a two then your average score will be 10 plus two which will equal six but for example, if, if, for example, your physique is an eight, but your posing is an eight, clearly your physique isn't as good as the other person, but your average score is an eight. So therefore you will potentially beat somebody who's got a better, who, who's got better physique, but isn't as good as a poser. So that's always something that I always try and drum into people from early on. Like, you know, if you, if you can get a 10 out of 10 for your posing, worst case scenario is you mess up your peak week, nothing goes well, and your physique looks like a five, where it should maybe look like an eight, but you still score 15 over an over an overall thing but you know if for example your posing is poor and you're scoring a five and your physique is a five then you're not going to be beating somebody who's got a 10 and a 10. Um, yeah there's there's pros and there's uh, pros and cons to both I think really I mean I know again I now I'm judging I know my weaknesses and that's why I've not been in um, any quick shape to step back on stage because I know now what a judge is looking for um and i know my physique very well and i'm very critical of it um but looking back on my um competitive career 
I was very good at hiding my weaknesses and I've got a lot of weaknesses um, compared to a lot of the other girls. Um, and that's just my framework. It's not muscularity. It's just the way I'm genetically framed. But I was good at hiding it. So it's really, really important. And I always use myself as the example with my girls because I've got a lot of weak areas. <laughs> and most of my posing girls don't have as many as I do. So if I can hide them, then, you know, anybody can hide them. Absolutely. And, and again, like, I, I always, again, I try and drum that into people. It's not a... It's not about who's got the strongest shoulders or who's got the best back. It's really about who's got the least weaknesses. And, and that's what's going to win these other shows, which is, yeah, which again, because I think people look at, you know, especially nowadays, people look at people on social media and they'll think, oh, that person's got better shoulders than me. They're going to beat me. They've got better legs than me. They're going to beat me. But they don't realise that, as I said, it is, it is a game of, right, well, how many weaknesses have you got versus how many weaknesses have they got? Can they portray their physique, like you say? Because, again, if you're posing to 10 and, the girl next to you is a five, then it just goes down to, you know, the overall scoring. So, yeah. No. Yeah, and I think from a judge's perspective, to put my judge's hat on for a moment, I think there's always an element of, yes, your posing might be really good, but, you know, when I'm when I'm sat behind the judge's table, I don't have my posing hat on, I've got my judge's hat on. Um, so I'm not critiquing their posing. Um, that's important. It's good to display good posing, but the judge won't be looking at your posing. They are looking at your physique, and that's what we do at PCA. We're able to, even even though the poses look good, we are able to, if it's um, required, to make sure that the athlete who does have that physique um, is 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 given the gold, silver, or bronze. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, no, for sure. And then we look at you know the PCA as a whole, and you've mentioned a few times when when you're judging or. You know, you've seen, and we spoke about the, the start of the, the podcast, you've seen a huge number of competitors come through over the last few years, like the growth and growth and growth. Like I remember speaking to Ryan, I remember being at the first show in 2016 and, you know, pe people saying, oh, you know, it's never going to last, not really sure what's going to happen. You know, speed up six years down the line, it's probably, you know, in terms of number of competitors, the biggest federation in the country, if not, you know, very close, second. Um where, where does PCA go from here? Because it continues to grow. So where do you see it going from here? Um, I think uh, when it first started, I was just a mouse in the industry. and I, I had no idea uh, about the, you know, the upcoming of it. But you're quite right. As I've, I've morphed into the PCA family, it, it's just exploded, particularly, as you said, in the last um, three or four years. Um, our plan progression, I mean, already we control um, the highest number of amateur athletes in the UK, if not worldwide. Um, and moving forward, our plan is to replicate that in our pro circuit, um, which is really good at the moment. But we want we want to replicate the numbers that we already have um, in the industry leading uh, from an amateur point of view. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And. And the first time is, is huge for you guys. And, and that, you know, I, I know you are the only people in the UK who will, maybe even within Europe that guarantee, you know, a true first time show, um, which is incredible. Um, and those numbers seem to be uh, you know, ever growing as well. And, you know, speaking to Ryan, it sounds like the, this year could be potentially even bigger. It's massive. And it's so exciting. The the energy that are at the first time competitions is just awesome. We love the first time competitions. The audience love it. Um, I mean, the audience love any competition, really. Uh, but the first time is there's just a different energy. You know, it's it's fresh. It's new. It's like your first day at school. It's everything's everything's bright and smiley. And it's just really nice to to get have the, the energy of these these new athletes with us. And, and the standard of the first timers nowadays is incredible. You know, it, it, it's up there with any other show, if not possibly potentially surpassing some of the other shows as well, because it, it's an incredible, you know, it, it's this, like you say, you said earlier, like some people are starting in 
July to compete in September next year. You know, they're giving themselves a full 18 months where I think sometimes some seasoned competitors can forget that, you know, can forget that, you know, uh, it takes that long to get ready for a show. It takes that long to prepare physically, mentally, get yourself in the right place. And now I think the standard of the first time is, is incredible. And it's something that I've seen improve like vastly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think with anything, it's it's uh, human nature in life as familiarity creeps in a little bit, things can relax slightly. So it's it's just as a bodybuilder, whether you're a first time or not, or first timers that then they're going to continue and not be first timers anymore. Of course, staying on top of it, making sure that you're still pushing just as hard as as when you were that nervous first timer. Um, you know, because my I remember my husband when we first started training together years ago. We don't anymore because I train differently, <laughs> um, but. Um, he always used to say to me, somebody is always working harder than you, Emma. Mm. So, you know, bear that in mind. And that, that used to push me really hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's great. So in terms of your posing, Emma, you know, I know um, you are at a couple of the, you know, the, um, the seminars that people are doing. Is that right? You know, the free yes, seminars. tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Exciting. Yeah. But in terms of one-to-one -one lessons, is that something that you do? How can people get a hold of you? Um, and, where can they, and where can they get a hold of you as well? Yeah, sure. So I've um, not long away launching um, a website and an app. My, my brand is Fit by Emma, um, which is, involves my Pilates, involves my posing, and I, I'm um, heading into the fitness industry as well. Uh, not bodybuilding, but the fitness, um, you know, just generally helping uh, everyday people with, with fitness and, and whatnot. Um, so booking, once that's gone live, booking at the moment, you just come through me, contacting me on Instagram is great, Fit by Emma one um, but when the website goes live, the girls will be able to book to their heart's content, uh, whatever time suits them. Face-to-face -face at the moment, just still book through me, contact me on Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty interactive on there. Um, so, yeah, that's something exciting in the in the pipeline. Yeah, but also if people can't get down for face-to-face, -face, um, is it somebody you offer online as well? Absolutely. Online is actually really explosive as we get closer to the um, season starting and it's really busy then during the during the whole season. Um, I think COVID helps a little bit with that. I've noticed the difference with my Pilates as well. I do Pilates online and um, before COVID, people didn't feel that they benefited as much from online. Um, but COVID has sort of opened people's eyes and actually it's really good for, for time management. Um, traveling back and forth some of the girls travel the country to see me for face-to-face -face sessions which is so appreciated and um, but you know some people are very busy themselves so a, a, you know quick 30 minute 60 minute online session is really good from time management uh, cost wise as well um, and you'd be surprised actually how much I can see on the camera <laughs> to, to allow my natural scrutiny to come through <laughs> no for sure no for sure I think yeah I think COVID hasn't had many benefits but one of them is definitely the emergence of the, the online posing world as well, for sure. And we've seen it really explode, which is great. So, Emma, thank you ever so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to let people know about or any up-and-coming events that potentially the PCA might have? Uh, just have a great season, guys. Uh, PCA, we're all really, really excited to see you this year. Ryan and I had a chat this morning uh, just about the universe, uh, a few messages exchanged. Everybody in the PCA camp is buzzing. Uh, we've got the universe. We've got the expo at the end of the year. Um, you know, we have got an explosive year ahead of us, um, and we, uh, we look forward to seeing you all there. Awesome. Emma, thank you ever so much. I can't wait to, to see you at the first show. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll speak before then. Thanks, Rob. Take care.